Welcome to Carson Chatter, a podcast focused on Carson City, the people who shape it, and the real estate that defines it. I'm Sina Lloyd, Carson City Library Director, and I'm here with my co-host. Hi, I'm Garrett LaPierre, local realtor with Century 21 Jim Wilson Realty. In addition to another great guest interview this week, we have our weekly segments, Community Connections, and LaPierre's Corner. Stay with us, and we'll be right back. Welcome back. We're going to hop into this week's segments. We're going to do community connections with Sina. Sina, what I want to know is what's happening around the the region next week, which is the week of the 13th. So we've got a lot going on, actually. Um, We have Kick Butts Day, which is a nationally observed day on March 15th. The goal is for thousands of advocates across the U.S. to stand up, speak out, and seize control of big tobacco. Uh, Partnership Carson City is doing their part by picking up cigarette butts in Mills Park. That's just across the street from the library. And in addition, Partnership Carson City is setting up 1,300 pinwheels on WNC's campus. That's a lot of pinwheels. Yes, it is. Uh, To represent the 1,300 daily tobacco-related deaths that occur nationwide. Wow. Um, There will also be a scavenger hunt at WNC with prizes for those who compete and enter into the drawing. They include free a free class at WNC. That's a great deal. That is a good deal. So their national website is kickbuttsday.org, and WNC has a link on their page as well, and their official hashtag is hashtag IKickButts with two T's. So our second item is the Polar Plunge, which I will be participating in as well. Nice. And we have a contingent from Carson City, through the Chamber of Commerce to, um, this benefits the Special Olympics of Northern California to provide athletic opportunities for adults with intellectual disabilities, instilling the confidence they need to succeed in life. That is next Saturday, March 18th at Zephyr Cove. If you don't want to jump in, feel free to come by and laugh at all of us who are. Um, Our theme is space or possibly Star Wars. I'm going with the space thing. I think I'm going to be a planet. There you go. Maybe Pluto. Well, you're brave to jump in that cold water. It's cold in August. I can only imagine how cold it is in March. The the group that is going, um, we've all decided that we are going all the way in. We're brave. gonna If we're going to do it, we're going to do it. Um, so this event is also held in San Francisco, Santa Cruz, Sacramento, Lake County, Ukiah, Fort Bragg, and Lake Tulak. And the South Lo- uh, Lake Tahoe location in 2016 raised over a hundred thousand dollars awesome. for the Special Olympics. So it will be a great opportunity. Um, if you do want to come out, you can go to the barbecue. There is an additional cost for that if you don't plunge. Um, but if you do plunge, you'll be able to get nice and warmed up and go to the after party. Perfect. And, and that, that benefits, like I said, the Special Olympics. And if you haven't been to the Special Olympics, I don't know if there's a cooler event that happens around here. Um, but, you know, that is one of the funnest things that you could possibly go do, spend a day um, and, and watch those athletes compete. It's really, really neat. It is. So for you, Garrett, uh, for LaPierre's Corner, I have a question. 
and that is what were the final real estate stats for 2016? You bet. So let's hop into how 2016 finished off um, with residential property sales. So these stats I'm going to give you encompass all types of property. So they include stick-built homes, they include condo townhouses, and also manufactured homes converted to real property. So for the whole year, there was 827 to uh, total sales, uh, the median home price was 245000 and the average days on market was 99 So let's look back at 2015 to see how 2016 compares. In 2015, there was 731 total sales. The median home price was 210000 and the average days on market was 103 So we, we increased by 12% in the total number of sales. And we also saw a 14% increase in median home price. So we went from 210 to 245. That's great. That shows our economy's coming back there. Exactly, exactly. And, and the thing to keep in mind with that median number and why I like the median better than the average is with the median, you throw out the lowest sale and you also throw out the highest sale. So it gives you a more comparative average to what those are without you know having some anomalies on the market. Uh, and again, I like to throw this caveat out there. This includes all property types, not just stick-built single families. Um, and then also days on market got a little bit better by four days. Um, so what days on market means is from the time that the sign goes in the yard to the time that you get your, your uh, check at closing, we're basically a little over three months to do that. Um, and we are shaping up to have a very, very, very strong spring and summer. Um, I know my phone over the last couple of weeks has just been ringing off the hook. Um, and obviously, I'm not the end-all, be-all with where the market's at. But if my phone's ringing, that means other agents' phones are ringing. And I expect this to be a very strong spring and summer. Um, Stay with us. We're going to be right back. We're going to have um, Karen Abowd on. Um, she is the supervisor for Ward 1 here in Carson City, and, and we, had a, we had a great, great talk with her. Welcome back. We're with this week's guest, Karen Abowd who is a supervisor here in Carson City for Ward 1. Thanks for coming on the show, Karen. Happy to be here. So tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into politics and got, you got into being a supervisor. Well, an interior, desire, interior designer by profession, but um, the idea of urban planning had always intrigued me as a designer. It's one of the fields that you study. And um, as, you know, I... I had really moved on um, quite well in my design career, and my husband had gotten ill, and I knew I needed to dial back closer to home, and so opened my own business here, and at that same time, we were going through kind of a transition in Carson City, and a few people approached me in the community about um, running for office, which is not something I had ever considered <laughs> in my wildest imagination. But by the same token, um, I wasn't hearing what I felt needed to be heard in terms of Carson City's growth and the future. And so I decided at that point in time that if nobody was going to carry that message, I was. And so from that point, I, um, I jumped in you know, all the way to make that happen. I like it. So you saw the need and, and you were ready to fill it. Right. Perfect. Exactly. 
So in, in running for office, what was your experience? What, what do you feel that this community provided you? Um, I mean, you ran twice, mm-hmm. so obviously you wanted to do it again. I did, and um, but it's a little bit like giving birth the first time. You don't know, you don't know what to expect, and ignorance is bliss. <laughs> and um, I just, you know, my thought process and my mindset and um, what I knew to be true and what needed to happen in my heart is what you know I went forward and worked towards. So the first time out was challenging because I had. I can't remember five or six candidates that I was running up against, and I was on the only female against an all-male um, group, and um, it was tough, but not nearly as tough as the second time around. Right. right. The second time around, as you could see nationwide, was a little bit more, um, a lot more contentious, and it's sometimes downright nasty, and that was very tough not only on me but tough on my family too so and what bothers me about that is that you know we tell our children not to bully not to say things that aren't true about other people and yet in the political realm all bets are off and that seems to be okay so you know that part is is hard to swallow um but I've I had gotten, in my first round, I had accomplished quite a bit, including getting the the eighth of a cent pass to get our corridors done and get our MAC built, finished, the rest of the money that they Mm -hmm. needed for that, and to get the animal shelter built. And there's more to be done, and so I jumped in again so that we can get these projects finished. And there's always more. <laughs> well, and, and you're in a very popular ward over there in Ward 1, which encompasses most of the west side of town. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you get you get a few more people that, um, you know, are in a position to be involved, you know, whether they're retirees or mm-hmm. financially, they have the time to, to do that. Um, so that, that's part of it. But you're right, that, that big divide that we see nationally in mm-hmm. between how things, how people think things should be ran, you know, that trickles right down to the local level. Oh, it sure did. And um, it was um, really challenging um, in that respect. And, um, but you just have to keep your eye on the long-term goal the entire time. Well, that was the one thing that caught my eye about the way that you campaigned and the way that you, you conduct yourself on a daily basis. But really the way that you went through that campaign is when, um, when it got dirty, when, uh, when, when they went low, you went high, to steal a phrase from Michelle Obama. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you, but that, that, for me, always stood out, that you never got into the mud. You never, you never fought back. You never had to, had to have the last word in. Oh, and, and do you think that that benefited you? I do, and, and I've always had the, um, I've always felt that um, you, can't, you can't jump into a fight like that. It, it accomplishes nothing. It just becomes a name-calling session, and it's far more important to um, forward the goals that you believe in and to look to the future because our jobs as supervisors are not about right now what's in front of us. That's important, of course, but it's about the long-term future and where this community is going. So you're looking out 20 years ahead, 30 years ahead. Right. That's the thought process. Right. And, and aren't um, board of supervisor positions nonpartisan? Yes. 
supposed to be. <laughs> you, you, you always get the twinge of, of, of you know, both platforms coming That's out. That's right. That's right. And, and yeah, when you, when you ran, what was the biggest surprise of, of going through the campaign process? And then when you got into office, what was the biggest surprise you found about the city and how it ran and, and what the challenges were? Oh, well, the biggest <clears throat> surprise um, when I was running, I guess, was... Um, I, you know, I, I think it was all new the first time out. So everything was a surprise, actually. <laughs> you know, you need to be here, you need to do this, you need to do that, you need to speak at this engagement, all that sort of thing, okay? Um, so everything was a surprise. The second time out, I was well prepared for all of that, but I was not um, as prepared for the combativeness that went on. Gotcha. And so that part was the toughest. Now, getting into office, you know, I come from a, a business background, so um, in my first, you know, four years, I felt that the city needed to run more like a business, which was my thought process and how I campaigned. Right. That's how it runs now. And so, and as I watch all of that unfold, it, you know, I, I'm seeing the efficiencies. And of course, during that, that uh, course in time, we... You know, we hired a new city manager. We've, you know, done, done a variety of different things. And um, it's really made a difference in terms of how things are run. And you experienced that, Sina, in terms mm -hmm. of your Kaizen events and things of that nature. And, you know, there's, there's a certain, um, in, in looking at all these studies that, that government is so great at doing, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I hate studies that just sit on the shelf. It's like, okay, they're showing us something. They're here to be a roadmap to something. We need to be following through on this. Right. And so um, in it, it was surprising at first to see how much of that didn't happen. And it, and it is tough. I mean, as a department head, mm -hmm. it is tough to follow through on those things. Right. But when you have the support of the supervisors, it makes it that much easier. Exactly. And so, you know, with a mindset like that, it, it makes it um, a lot different. And as we're going into budget cycle coming up, you know, looking at the laundry list of things that must be repaired and all the rest of that, it's so important that, that each department head be very realistic in terms of their needs versus their wants so that, you know, we can get things handled. And we've had to put things off a lot during the recession. So... You know, in starting uh, with no money to really work with in mm -hmm. my first four years, mm -hmm. the second second four is a little bit different. So, you know, we need to be smart, prudent, efficient, and accomplish things. Well, and, and, and you brought up the economy. And when you first got into office, the economy wasn't like it is today. It was um, a lot rougher. It was a lot tougher. It was really tough. You know, in trying to balance a budget and, and trying to keep all the wheels on the bus right. and um, trying to provide the goods and services and everything that folks have come to expect and so and the quality of life that Carson City provides so right. that was hugely important as it continues to be but when you have some money to work with now it's about managing that money and how do we make the best of that for long-term good correct 
Exactly. Well, and, and I think politics is, is not only having a vision of, of where you want to go, you know, whether that's through your own talks and your, with your constituents, through studies, mm-hmm. however you get there, but it's building a consensus. Right. So, how do you kind of kind of tackle that, and, and how do you go after trying to build a consensus on on an issue? Well, you know, first of all, of course, I listen to my constituents and in how they feel about a particular issue, and then um, you're you're doing a lot of research and back getting background information on things, and you know, even up until the day that something comes before us, you're still listening, you're still taking it all in, but you're also making judgment calls again. And as I mentioned in the beginning, it's not about right now. It's about 20 years out. And is this decision today going to help forward this community 20 years from now? And so that really is kind of the guiding principle. Um, it can't be selfish motives. It has to be for the greater good. Right. Right. Okay. So our next thing, again, it's about being a supervisor. Mm-hmm. Um, but what... What is the best thing or um, the thing that you've learned the most about um, that you've really enjoyed in being a supervisor? I think I've, I've really enjoyed, um, I enjoy it when people come together um, with their various areas of expertise to help make something work. And so I've very much enjoyed the fact that, and I'll use the SART team as an, as an example, it was something that was broken. It was something that Carson City didn't have. We'd had it, it went away. It was a travesty that that was the case. Right. Um, so the people were in the room and I was able to call on people that might not be in the room but had knowledge to make that work. And everyone put together their, their expertise to accomplish a goal to the point where we have a SART facility today, facility today at Carson Tahoe Hospital. So, you know, it's things like that that I see working that really make sense. It's great that we have a city manager that meets with each and every one of us every week and listens, and if there's a problem, if there is something that needs to be addressed, um, he addresses it and or gets back with the department head with you on that issue. And so, you know, a functioning uh, government that benefits the, the city and its um, people needs to work like that. And so I've really enjoyed that part, I have to say. That part's great. Campaigning, not so much. <laughs> the work's always better than the campaigning, for sure. And I think that's one of the best decisions you guys have made is, is the hire of Nick Morano and, yes. and bringing him in and getting him involved in the city. I think he's done a fabulous job. And, he has. And he, he's a great human being on, on top of all that. Yes, he is. So um, what do you think is the biggest challenge over, say, the next three years for the city? Roads. I will say that is the number one challenge. Right. right behind that is the capital improvements that have to be done. But I will say roads is a significant issue. We're all aware Patrick Pittenger has done a great job of the charts and the graphics and knowing and positioning which roads need to be done first so we don't fall off of that curve to where roads have to be completely redone. Of course, the recent floods didn't help, and we do have some scenarios that you know have to be addressed right away. 
Um, we do have some FEMA money that will come forward to help with some of this, but that's always pay first and get paid back later. Mm -hmm. So, you know, but, but going forward and addressing that issue and finding a way to, um, to where the city has some sort of reliable coffer to help keep and maintain roads, you know, to the level that we expect right. is, I think, going to be uh, a number one challenge. Um, it's tough because I, you know, federal federal monies continue to diminish, and I'm not quite sure where that where that's going to go. Right. And in the meantime, we need to really figure out some sort of um, path moving forward. And preferably, like you said, having a funding source that's not a one-time shot or a two-time shot exactly. that is going to continue to to bring some money in for you. That's right. Yes, and it does not help that the federal budget is currently on on a continuing resolution. I know, exactly. I mean, you know, it's it's concerning, and um, you just, we have a great place that we live here. Right. And when you travel elsewhere, you really appreciate how great this place is that we live. And, but to keep everything on um, a level to which, you know, it can function as a well-oiled machine is primary. Cost money. Cost money. It does. Yep. Okay, so... What is something that you are looking forward to in the coming months here in Carson? Well, in the coming months, we have the county fair that'll be coming. And um, Lindsay Chichester from Cooperative Extension has taken the helm on this, but it's, um, it's a great collaboration of efforts. It will be back at Fuji Park, and awesome. I'm on part of that fair planning committee. Um, I got involved because the uh, kids that are involved at the Greenhouse Project um, are involved in some with, with animals. And so it's part of their exhibition um, routine and the 4-H kids as well um, to uh, be a part of that county fair circuit. So um, I had approached Lindsay about um, maybe perhaps talk, you know, thinking about taking this over and the city manager did as did as well and I the suggestion was that 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 the people that are experts in the various facets of the fair should work together to create that fair and so consequently um, cooperative extension uh, with a number of other folks dealing in 4-H and so forth are taking care of the animal and the home ec aspect of that and RSVP, which does the carnivals and does that on a regular basis and needed another fair to help supplement, you know, what it is they do for seniors, right. is taking over that aspect. And then the uh, tractor uh, pull group, and I'm sorry, I don't have the official name that, that they represent, but they will take part of the rodeo um, okay. uh, scenario, in, in other words, the arena. So they'll have tractor pulls and they'll have their, their shows, which are a huge draw. And then um, the Visitors Bureau will take on some aspect of uh, some sort of entertainment that will be uh, involved with this. But I think it's a nice collaboration of folks. Um, Lindsay will be seeking sponsors to defray costs because, of course, there's costs to putting on that fair. Yep. But I think it's a great venue, and we want to continue to have this county fair. Well, and, and being the state capital and having the state fair here, I think that is only natural. Well, the state fair, we can't claim that title because <laughs> someone, else, someone else has that. But a county fair, we can't have. Okay. 
Yeah. yeah, so well, we can we can know it's in our hearts it's a state fair, right? Yeah. <laughs> to us, it is. Four no, H will be back out there. Yes. Okay. Yes, they will. Yeah. Um, tell us a little bit about the greenhouse project and and, and what that is and, and and your involvement in that. Well, the, I'm president of the greenhouse project and one of the co-founders of it. Yeah. And um, its mission is to um, to. Uh, f- provide fresh-grown produce for the food insecure in the community um, and to educate and provide vocational training to youth and to the um, special needs kids in the community and then to grow and nurture the uh, sponsored fl- flower baskets that go down the center of town. Right. So in a nutshell, that's what our goals and mission are. And, of course, we're, we're preparing for our upcoming front fundraiser, which is, well, we have a plant sale coming uh, April 1st, April Fool's Day. Awesome. Yeah. And then we have another one the day before Mother's Day as well. Awesome. And then, of course, our concert under the stars, which will be on July 12th. July 12th. And that's always a fun one. That's one of the funnest events in town. It is. Now, we're moving it this year because really? we outgrew our other location, that's, that's great. which is not a bad problem to have. No, it's not. Where are you going to be? We're going to be at the Brewery Arts Center. Awesome. Which is a natural evolution because mm-hmm. the Greenhouse Project was launched out of the Cultural Commission, and so it is time to nudge the baby out of the nest, mm-hmm. and and I think um, that will be, it'll be great. It allows for expanded seating this year. We'll still have our quote-unquote veranda seating, but we will have the ability to have 12 tents this year, which is great. Awesome. Um, six of which are already sponsored, so that's it's tremendous. So, um, yeah, we're, we're working forward on that, and our entertainment this year will be the Family Stone, and this is their 50-year celebration. Very cool. And, um, and then also Lydia Pence and Cold Blood. So. Nice, nice. Yeah. Well, and you're you're in good hands over there at the BAC. They, yes, they do a good job with the Leave It Amp series that they did, and yes. I, I heard that they got that again. Yes, they did. And so, you know, we're really happy to be a part of that. Yep. And John Parcaccini is working with them, and we are as a greenhouse group um, working with them to really uh, make this a wonderful event. Awesome. That's great. So our one, our last question that we ask everyone mm-hmm. is. If you had one big, hairy, audacious goal for Carson City, what would that be? I think, well, I know, it would be that all of our um, storefronts downtown would be filled with uh, boutique and unique businesses, Mm -hmm. and that all of our in-town living would be in place down there. I'd like to see that area vibrant, and I want to see our remaining corridors completed. So that would be one of my go- my big audacious goals. <laughs> That's a great goal to have, and, and and I think we're on the way. You know, you know what you guys did in, in passing the one eighth cent uh, mm-hmm. sales tax, and to be able to get that done, along with you know obviously the animal shelter and the MAC. But the downtown looks beautiful. I mean, it, it really does. It looks it gorgeous. Does. And there'll be lo- we have more flower baskets sponsored this year than ever. So awesome. we're at our max eighty. So <laughs> very good. Yeah. Very very good. Exactly. Yeah. Um, well, thank you for coming on the show. I appreciate sure. it. And thank you for all you all that you do for our city. I appreciate you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. You bet. Thanks again for listening to this episode of Carson Chatter. You can subscribe via iTunes or SoundCloud apps to get new episodes as they are uploaded. 
Once you've subscribed, please leave a review as it makes it easier for people to find the podcast. Please engage with us via social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by simply searching for Carson Chatter. You can also email us at carsonchatterpodcast at gmail.com. See you again soon, and please don't forget to tell a friend about this podcast.